0: Hello, and welcome to Movies We Dig, the podcast about antiquity, movies, and
1: everything in between. I'm Christy Vogler. I'm Elijah Fleming.
2: And I'm Colin McCormick. <laughs> and Christy is having a hard time. We're having a, a very technically difficult day in a way that never has ever happened to us before. And so we're having a hard time keeping a professional composure on this I'm side. having fun. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: we have spring break brain? I just spent the day watching are... this show so that I was caught up. So like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and today we are talking about the BBC's Atlantis miniseries, very exciting, and even more exciting is the very special guest we have today. She's talked about Atlantis, she's been talking about Heracles, and today she's going to talk about a kind of mashup of the two today. We have Liv Albert from the podcast, Let's Talk About This Baby, and we're going to open with Did You Dig This Miniseries? Well,
3: I'm going to give you the long answer. Um, So I had not really heard of this show before I started doing the Atlantis like deep dive that I did. And so a lot of people asked me about it. Uh, People asked me a lot about just generally like what uh, classical reception things I have and have not seen and what my notes are. And typically my response is like i'm just gonna tell you why a movie is like bad or wrong compared to the myth so like how much do you really want to hear that's no fun so all to say i hadn't really heard of this before that and then so i'm watching it for the absolute first time and i actually do like it i dig it at least you know for what it is and for in the wider realm of classical reception
0: awesome and like elijah was the first on board, like was watching it before all of us and she was texting me all this silliness that was happening
1: so Lige, what were your thoughts on this <laughs> I was very surprised I think because I had no no like idea of what I was getting into I had never heard of this before either and I was surprised at it- how relatively recent it was I guess 2013 is not like that recent anymore but it feels recent
3: <laughs> it really does you're not alone.
1: yeah and and I just was like giggling and cackling at the beginning of this which like starts in modern day and has a time travel element or a world travel element um and so I was really delighted by the campiness by like all of the things that I could point out as like, ah, I know that myth, which I think was probably the goal. Um, I do think that I got bored because I do have questions on the audience about who this was really catered for, uh, especially in a post Game of Thrones world, which is something that we can we can sort of get into. Yeah, I I didn't fully fully dig this. I think I digged a lot of aspects of it, but I also maybe I'm not the target audience. Yeah, that's where I'm landing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and or like Colin suggested that maybe he was the target audience. So like I don't know, Colin, what did you think?
2: Potentially, when this came out, (laughs) maybe. Well, like so I when I was. I'm I maybe the most curmudgeonly, but this is—it's really hard for me to like, particularly when it's like something I'm reviewing for the show and something that like touches upon my professional field to like turn off my like critical sort of brain because you know, and and like Liv was sort of saying like I don't want to just go through and be like, well, that's not you know, that's now how it was in the book or whatever because that's like no fun for anyone and just not I think I think that's the wrong way to to watch movies. So like, as I got into it, I found myself enjoying it more. It is. It is schlocky and campy and light and fun in a way that it's, again, like, particularly because, like, this is sort of cast into the, the the shadow of Game of Thrones. One, because it's coming out, like, two years or something after Game of Thrones. Two, because it has a lot of shared actors. Mark Addy being the most obvious, who, who plays uh, Hercules. And so it just feels like a sort of, it's totally wildly different. So I was kind of, like, my kind of consensus is, I, I don't dig it as much. And I think that is because it's not necessarily because it is deviating from any kind of like source or anything like that. But I think what it does with myths is very sort of surface level and and kind of shallow in a way that I find like uninteresting. And like, I kind of want more from, but that said, I am not, you know, made of stone. And like, I'd be lying if I said it didn't like get a chuckle from me every now and then.
3: I think I must have such I have such low standards I think in terms of like what makes a good mythical like retelling on screen and so I think for me it's mostly that they didn't decide to make all these weird deeply non-mythological things happen like I think I'm too used to clash of the titans or like the immortals or all these different things where it's like none of that is from the myth (laughs) whereas this is it like it's campy it's silly it makes some very bizarre choices that i'm sure we'll get into in terms of just the whole use of atlantis but also like it it actually touches upon a lot of things that are explicitly Greek myths in a way where I'm like, that enough. That, that alone is, like, I think maybe all I needed to be like, this is enjoyable for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, the context for people who haven't seen the show, though you can see it on, on Amazon, um, free to stream, but the, the sort of premise that we get through very quickly and the framing device is done away with almost within the first five minutes is that Jason is a modern-day... I don't know what. He's a guy um, <laughs> whose dad disappeared in like a Are submarine accident. And...
3: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't not laugh. <laughs> he's in a little t- submachine. Submarine.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so he, he he goes in this little like submersible and then he gets sucked into a, a whirlpool a la Thermai Romai, into another world. And so, again, one of my main questions is, is he in like, another dimension, like, Eli was kind of getting at? Or is he in the past? Like, is this history? Yeah. Because yeah. that's, like, where this movie gets, or not movie, that's where this show gets kind of weird, because it's kind of this this blend, you know, you like, if you take a big pot, a crater, a bell crater, if you will, and you mix in everything <laughs> anyone has ever said or heard about ancient Greece, primarily myth, and you mixed it all up, and then you, like, skim the sort of stuff off the top, that's what this show is.
3: Pythagoras with his triangles. Yeah, like, why <laughs> is Pythagoras the only real person? <laughs> Right? Right? What? Why, this was, was
0: real. real. That was a thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Liv could probably tell us a great detail because she's just finished a whole miniseries in Atlantis. This show also has very little to do with Atlantis. Like, there's almost no, like, atlantis it's just a place for all where all myths happen that's basically what atlantis is in this show
3: what's so silly to me and i i don't know what kind of structure you guys want so stop me if i'll just go off too much but why atlantis like i guess the obvious answer is that people love atlantis first quick question can i swear on this show Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Great. People fucking love Atlantis. And that alone, I think, is like just a huge problem of society because Atlantis is not a Greek myth. It's not part of history. It's literally nothing. Like, it's nothing. And so, it, just the use of Atlantis is so bizarre. But then also to make it pretty explicitly just Crete, we're like, mm-hmm. everything here is just Crete. You put Heracles in, you called him Hercules for no good reason. Other than that, and Pythagoras, like, you could have just made it Crete. <laughs> and so I just, and then, so to me, I'm like, okay, maybe they're like, you know, it's a different dimension. It's not history. They want to make it Atlantis. It's a whole other world. Okay, fine. And then you get Pythagoras, which throws it off. And then not only that, but he does at some point say that he grew up on Samos. So then I go, okay. So we have these mythical, not not mythical, nonsense places of Atlantis and Helios, but then also Samos exists. What what are we doing <laughs> with history and mythology here? What are what is the decision being made? The
1: geography also kind of bugged me. I was like, where yeah. is this supposed to be? Well, I think it's because supposed to be they Atlantis. talk about other places, but, yeah. But like, well, you know, they talk about other places like in the Greek world, but they don't like. And they, like, go other places. They, they're, they like, in a desert I at Col- one point. You mentioned Colchis, too, right?
2: In the second season, though, the Colchians, like, show up as, like, right, is, So, like, okay. Colchis, which is sort of a real – I mean, we could at least put it on a map. Right. But, yeah, they mention places like Samos or Kiosk. They mention, like, real places. But then, you know, Atlantis is sort of in this – because, well, the the, the the reason is they filmed in two locations. They filmed in Morocco for all the desert scenes, and they filmed in Wales Which you'll notice after you watch for a while that there's either like, they're either in a desert or they're in that same forest.
3: It's very Troy Fall of a City, where you're like, this looks like the United Kingdom. (laughs) Very explicitly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then everything that wasn't an exterior was a sound lot.
3: And I kind of wondered about uh, going
0: back to Jason being from our world for five hot minutes.
2: Yeah, we're already like,
0: we're everywhere. Um, Also, The whole undertone of the entire story, I swear to God, is Aladdin. It isn't just Aladdin. It is him running through the streets, avoiding guards, watching slow-moving fruit fall into the street. I can hear the song And then trying to get the cute girl that looks a lot like Jasmine. (laughs) Like, so much of that. But also, so him being from the modern world, it seems like they're setting him up to like have knowledge about these different characters. Like, oh, I, na- I know the name Medusa. And like at the very end of one of my favorite episodes is Oedipus. He's like, ooh, that might have not have been a good choice. But at the same time, he never explicitly shares this knowledge. So he's like, oh, I have heard that name before, but I have no idea what any of this is. So it's like, I can't decide if he is supposed to be informed or just not.
3: The Medusa suggests he is informed because he's like, she's gonna have a bad fate. I don't want this to happen to her. Like he says that explicitly to the Oracle. But the Oedipus, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. as soon as I saw the baby in the woods with a foot, I'm like, wow. Well, I think mean, we can all know who this is. Like, let's yeah. watch out. Yeah. But yeah,
2: that's it. The whole show has that kind of energy, which I think comes back to like why Atlantis, why the characters are the characters they are, and like my my thesis is basically it's Atlantis because it has the the catchiest, most sort of like. A broad appeal, sort of name of anything that you know you can have a single word for, in from the Greek world, which is again, I think, why the main hero is Jason for no other reason than that we just we know that's a name of a hero, and it's a name from the modern time, so we can sort of like that's why he's Jason and not yeah. say Theseus yeah, or Theseus Perseus, which make is. Any a, sense and- yeah, yeah. yeah, and and why it's Hercules is in there, and why Pythagoras, because these just all have like name recognitions, and that's like kind of the attitude. Like, so well, most of the things we get because the first couple episodes are primarily kind of like a a monster of the week sort of thing. Like, there's some mm-hmm. kind of adventure. It's very episodic, and then it gets a little more serialized towards the end.
1: No, I think his name as Jason, I think, is very much like the the entire show is the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing. I'm yes. Like I get that. I see that. Yes. I know that. <laughs> and they even like make fun of his name. Right. They're like, Jason, what kind of a hero's
3: name is that? Which I chuckled. I well, thought it yeah. was funny. <laughs> the, the hero Jason deserves that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about Jason actually really quick. But be, but but just to come back to Christy's point about like, yes, I one of my main questions was like, is Jason bringing future knowledge back with him? Because he seems to know you know, when he hears Hercules' name and Pythagoras and all these other, he, like, knows about it, but that future knowledge kind of, he, he never says anything or it never informs, you know, he the kind of knows he's in the myth, but he just sort of buys in completely. In a way, that's sort of very silly. Because, again, because he's not from Atlantis, he works as a good sort of, like, guide for the audience because he doesn't know what things are, so other characters have to explain it to him and therefore us. But he never actually, like, you know, if he is sitting on... like How much Jason knows about ancient myth is very much open because it never seems to impact or inform anything he does other than just, like, a knowing look. And it reminds me of, like, there's a scene... This is going to be kind of a left field, but if you've ever seen the second Star Trek movie, Into Darkness, the, of the new ones, not Wrath of Khan, but there's a part where Benedict Cumberbatch goes, I am Khan, and that's clearly for the audience because they know Khan is, like, a big villain from the Star Trek, but, like, in that movie khan's name is meaningless like he hasn't existed yet and so like kirk and spock and the others are like why'd you say your? you know they would have been like why'd you say your name all weird like that <laughs> and i feel like that's kind of what's going on in the show but uh, yes, i guess i want to pivot to talk a little bit about just jason in this versus jason elsewhere
0: i mean he takes his shirt off a lot which looks good <laughs>
2: I wrote down in my notes, I see you managed to take your shirt off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, like, D, we take his pants off. <laughs>
3: just just to keep it well-rounded. I, I think I just, he's such a nicer Jason. Like, I would take this Jason in a second. He's not mm-hmm. an asshole. He's like, ja- I mean, and granted, it's because he's the well, he's the hero of the show, but I just think that goes to show what Greek heroes were actually like in comparison to what we think of now. But as for Jasons, I like this Jason.
0: I like this Jason a lot too because it goes against the problem we've had with a lot of Greek heroes depictions in films that we've talked about of just like blank character doing like you know standard hero stuff versus this one he's like he gets his ass kicked he's running away all the time and every once in a while a, like great idea comes through or like he does have like this superhuman ability that comes through but it, it doesn't always win him a fight at the end of the day and I liked that that this wasn't like he's just the be-all end-all hero and automatically is mm-hmm. going to win he's not always winning and I actually really enjoyed that aspect of him and made him more Human, if less Greek heroic, in the very end.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I like how Jason, Pythagoras, and Hercules are just kind of roommates. <laughs> and they just mm-hmm. kind of like hang out and like try to kind of survive. There, it's that's like that would could be a different show if we took out all of the sword fighting and the magic. It's like them just like trying to like do a weird job to like eat dinner. It's it is very human, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I did enjoy those parts of it where it's like the weird the weird roommate drama yeah, <laughs> hercules he is always call. drunk pythagoras <laughs> always has triangles like
3: great. <laughs> one thing i just thought of is like why not plato if you're gonna have a real person Ooh. like why pythagoras there's gotta be something i'm missing in it term when it comes to like some kind of modern connection between pythagoras and atlantis because like obviously pythagoras came long before plato invented Atlantis to prove his point but in the Assassin's Creed Odyssey game when they go to Atlantis it's also all about Pythagoras and I'm like like what is this is it just because he was like a weirdo and he had all those weirdo followers like they just connect weird to Pythagoras versus
2: I have some so many thoughts because like Pythagoras to me is kind of emblematic of like the problems with the show like everything we talked about like the weird history myth thing and like and also just like kind of the reduction that a lot of these characters kind of go through because like Pythagoras becomes triangle guy and then this leads me to a- another problem which is we actually never really see him do anything with triangles he never like solves any like triangle based <laughs> problems or like uses his triangle knowledge this is maybe asking triangle a bit much knowledge. to like how many triangle based conundrums can we put our heroes into but like and also Pythagoras sort of in, in real life, as Liv was kind of alluding to, was kind of like this spiritual philosopher kind of guru type where he had, you know, he was really into like numerology and actually like the theorem, you know, which we attribute to him about, you know, right triangles and A squared, B squared, C squared is like a very small part of like kind of what he was known for in the ancient world and what he did what what he did jesus and what he did <laughs> but yeah like this pythagoras is just kind of like triangle guy in a way that and yeah but like why like why not daedalus because like daedalus shows up oh. later in the show he's in yeah. the show mm-hmm. or like yeah i like the decision to go with pythagoras is is interesting and i guess i think it's really just to like tickle like eli was saying the leonardo dicaprio meme so you can like point out the screen and be like that's a name i've Heard.
0: It, it's a touchstone because we've literally all had to take eighth grade math and do the Pythagorean theorem. Like everyone, and that's literally like why they show him. It's like, all right, his name's Pythagoras. You see him drawing triangles. We have established who this is, and now he's just here to solve problems occasionally, and that checks out.
1: Also, I think Plato would have been insufferable in this.
3: I mean, he would have been the worst. I do but... agree,
1: though, that Plato would have done this a very similar thing, where you yeah. finger pointed, been like. I know that name and maybe you didn't know anything other than that. But I feel like, yeah, we don't necessarily have to know what the Pythagorean theorem is to be like, ah,
3: I get it. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You just need like one. I mean, if they wanted some kind of guy who was going to use his brains, like that, I understand that that's like, that's the role he plays, right? Like he, you know, Hercules is a interesting take on Hercules that I do quite enjoy. Also Mark Addy is wonderful, but mm-hmm you need that you need the Hercules you want a guy with brains and then you have Jason who doesn't know quite what's going on and so it's like Plato would have worked and then it would have at least alluded to the fact that like maybe they had done a cursory google of what Atlantis is in the actual Greek sourcing before they made this show but then I'm just so curious about the Pythagoras because I have the same questions about Odyssey picking it up with him and I just it's all weird because Atlantis is just such a bizarre nonsensical. But.
2: And like in Odyssey, it's kind of alluding to like Pythagoras as this kind of mystic because he's kind of a sort of pseudo historical character. Like we, we, we have a rough estimate of when he would have lived and he probably was a real guy, though what exactly he did and did not do or say or think or write or whatever is a little bit up to debate. And so he kind of fits that, that role nicely in, in AC Odyssey as this kind of like semi-mystical spiritual but also like also one foot in the, in the historical mm-hmm.
3: and he's like 200 years old They have that yeah it, so. <laughs> yeah
2: because he's like the keeper of the staff that of the the alien you know artifact that lets him live forever and and do all this other stuff in in there you know ac odyssey is kind of rubbing shoulders with a lot of the sort of the theories and and beliefs and conspiracies that sort of plague atlantis stuff about ancient aliens and that kind of thing which this show doesn't do at all like atlantis like atlantis is really just kind of like a, a catch-all basin for all things like every myth you've ever heard just happened in atlantis
0: it, it does do one thing if you're watching subtitles like anytime someone is chanting in the foreign language which i don't think is greek it, it subtitles as alien language alien. not foreign but alien oh.
3: I noticed that every time. I'm glad you did, too. Like, why alien? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was sort of the odd the odd thing. And maybe it's because, like, the word foreign is kind of inherently, like, Ooh, you know, to describe that. But it could have just been ancient language in, like, unknown ancient language. Anything. But alien was definitely weird.
0: Unintelligible would have gone well.
3: Yeah. Anything. Just, like, language in another language. Whatever. But the... I'm very glad that they didn't play on any of the bad Atlantis tropes. You know, it's not highly technologically evolved. There's none of that nonsense that comes from, you know, the like spiritualist people that took on Atlantis in the past like 500 years. It's literally just like, we know that people know this name and they associate it with ancient Greece. So let's do it. So, I mean, that alone is at least something, but I just can't get over like You know, I quite enjoy the way they do it. Just, I think, comparatively to everything else I've ever seen. (laughs) It's just so Mm garbagey. But all of that could have happened on Crete. Like, they could have just made Crete where all these Mm -hmm. mythical things happened. Because they. it's so clearly, like, the city itself is is Knossos. Like, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's Minos and Pasiphae and Ariadne and the Minotaur. And you're like, this is Knossos. So why not just keep it to an ancient mythological whole world and just make it Knossos. And like Hercules can be on Knossos. That's fine. Pythagoras can be on Knossos. Like there's no reason for any of this. And it just would have, it would have made it so much more mythologically enjoyable for them to not just perpetually using this word Atlantis.
2: Would you have kept the like framing device like Jason is a modern guy sent back in the past? Or we have scrapped it? I think
3: it works. I think it works. And here's the thing. I also have like kind of a love for that idea because I think... I think it's an interesting way of examining any of these stories like full disclosure like 15 years ago I wrote a novel that is really like not similar to this but is similar in the way of like somebody from our time going back because I think it opens up a lot of really interesting ways of examining that world examining it like in good and bad ways like in my case I think it would be really interesting to look at a woman going back because like there's so much there but in this case it just sort of it does serve to like explain a lot of things it serves to have like the you know the first episode he's like wait the minotaur is real which i realized i just pronounced it like they i do but i really do prefer minotaur <laughs> but he's like right and okay this is a question from like i don't know greek but the sound i is not really in the modern greek language at least right so is minotaur that sounds more correct anyone have any strong feelings about this i could
2: be. in modern it would be me like that that letter would be an e yeah. sound yeah and in ancient, it probably wouldn't something comparable, maybe a little more back.
3: Yeah, but it wouldn't have been like I. Mine.
2: No, it wouldn't have been the Minotaur. That's a very British. Thing.
3: I've I've found myself <laughs> yeah. con- like I was in Crete with a person who lives in the UK and has taken it on. And I was like, I'm just I'm just gonna tell you, like, I'm pretty sure it's Minotaur because I'm pretty sure ancient Greek and modern Greek don't have the I sound in the same way. So like weird <laughs> feelings about this stuff. Apologies. But yeah, I, I think I, where I was, how that all devolved was just I wish it had just been said on concrete
1: i think i agree with that
0: i will say so when they're speaking unintelligible it didn't sound ancient greek or greek to me so they're they're just saying stuff but i nerded out you guys when they went to see daedalus that script was linear b and i paused it and i wrote up. it down to be like oh my god actually yeah saying something yes and it's not i knew that it's it was linear actually... b but
1: i like didn't di- oh it's, christy it's... i love you it's incredible <laughs> makes,
0: I, this makes me very happy i tried and i'm like and he kept talking about hope so i'm like all right if you have hope as written in the hesiod it's eplis and i have all the signs for that i'm like okay they're not using that and then like more recent it'd be elpida and like that one's closer to what's kind of in here, but it's it's just a giant word scramble of random symbols. And so like I literally spent <laughs> probably a half hour first pausing and like writing down the script, both frontwards and backwards, because they pulled a damn Da Vinci on it. And I'm like, I don't know which way these characters go. <laughs> and I love
3: this um, so it is much. pure nonsense, but it is linear B pure nonsense, which I kind of appreciate. See, Amazing. and if they'd made this Crete. And then had put Linear B in it, and had just continued to say it was Crete. That would have been so much better. Like it just—it adds so much more actual, like intelligent, like depth of, of the story. If it had just been Crete and they're showing Daedalus with Linear B, that's lovely. Yep. Yep.
2: Even on the, like the sort of like set dressing and costuming and things like that, it's more classically inspired than really like Bronze Age inspired. Like hmm. the palace doesn't necessarily look especially like Canossa as we reconstructed with like those sort of how would you describe them? Like it
3: looks inverted sometimes. Yeah,
2: skinny at the bottom, yeah. big at fat at the top.
3: Yeah, it's very not even. It's very like Roman or even later. Like they did not even pull the classical.
2: <laughs> Their swords are straight up like Roman swords that you could get at like a costuming or like if you were like a cosplayer. Or something like that. Yep, yep. You know, so there's there's that. It's it's all very sort of suggestive of the ancient world. But in a, I think again, like this show's approach is very surface level, right? Like we're just gonna have a name you recognize, and then that's as deep as we're gonna go with it in terms of like thinking about it. And I think that is, it extends to the setting and the costuming. And, you know, because everyone's wearing pants, which is probably was my biggest complaint about the whole thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it didn't even occur to me. But see, that's all so true. And then you toss in them using Linear B, though. And then I go, like, who are the different people that care and don't care? Because somebody cared a lot to put in mm-hmm. Linear B. Somebody really cared. And then, yeah, the people who are putting them in pants or just generally the the set. I mean, there's no polychromy, too. It's like the most beige set. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just interesting the things that they went deep on and I think that might be just just Linear B, but I like, I'm interested to think of like who made certain decisions cuz that that's so deep to go to Linear B but then not even like have your set painted, let alone any kind of like ancient pre-Roman architecture.
0: My other favorite thing that like got me every time was the episode about the Pancration tournament.
2: And they're all like, there's I no rules. Gonna... I'm
0: like, there's two rules. We know exactly that there are two rules to the pancration.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask this because I was like, my knowledge of the pancration is exclusively based in AC Odyssey, which is a lot of my historical knowledge, which is not great. So please explain an actual, like, ancient uh, No
0: eye gouging and no biting, but like, Real. anything else perfectly acceptable, <laughs> unless you're in Sparta where everything goes,
2: apparently. The, the, also, I think it's important to say there's no knife involved normally. We're like in the like, okay, it's just like more of an duel to draw first yeah.
0: blood is very British invention for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes,
3: it <That> felt <is laughs> so so like they British. wanted gladiators. Like it, it, felt like they wanted to have a gladiator <laughs> competition, and they were like, "Let's call it the Pancration," because we know that's.
2: Crazy. I mean, in the same thing, there was a whole episode about bull leaping, which yeah. very much felt like a gladiator. You know, they're in like an arena. I mean, they looked like they were in Madrid, but um, <laughs> at least that's Creed. that one
1: got me. Exactly. Yes, the jumping was great, though. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Through the air <laughs> <and> falling <laughs> down.
3: Just the faces. <laughs> like I had to take, I had to stop and take pictures. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, I think Hercules was my favorite in that one. <laughs> he
3: was, I mean, he's wonderful. I just love that the woman that helped them, they named her Elpis. So they were like, well, she's our hope. That's cute. We're going to hope somebody yes. gets this. That
1: was good.
2: Should we talk about Hercules?
1: Yeah, I was going to say,
2: let's yeah, talk about Hercules. Sharing. And then Bruno.
1: I will say,
0: um, he was bugging me for the longest time trying to figure out who he was. And like, I know you mentioned another show he was in, but I realized he's from Knight's Tale. Night's like, Tale. Oh. I was
3: going to like, yeah, I feel like we're all of a good age for my scream answer. Really wanted to just <laughs> scream Night's Tale at you there. Yeah, that's his no, best, I his best I literally
1: stopped watching Atlantis and watched a Night's Tale like yeah. last night because I was like, I want tempted. really good Mark Addy. <laughs>
2: Mark gets first build in the credits in the show. I mean, he also is like very much, he's, he's really the lead of the show. I would argue that he probably gets more dialogue and screen time than Jason does.
0: Jason's there to take his shirt off. That's all we're here for.
2: Mm-hmm. I hope Jack Donnelly's listening to this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you know who he's married to? Malin Ackerman. Is he really? Yes. I Googled him because I was like, I recognize you, but I, I couldn't figure out what I recognized him from except that he's married to Malin Ackerman. And I was like, holy shit.
2: Whoa.
0: My other realization was Aeson, the the father of
3: Jason. That's Jonathan from The Mummy. That's
2: yeah. John Hannah. yeah. Oh,
3: I haven't yeah. gone to John Hanna yet. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, I love John Hannah.
2: There's a lot. This whole show is a who's who of like British character actors because uh, we got mm-hmm. Alexander Siddick. If you're a Star Trek fan, in the second season, Anya Taylor-Joy shows up. She's the like the new really? oracle. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Oh, I was going to say our... Our boy, Vincent Reagan, who I think I wrote, we should make the mascot of this podcast because I think of any actor, he showed up in the most things we've reviewed. So Vincent Reagan's in the second season. He's like a general, but he is the, he's like the second in command in 300. He's the king in Clash, in the new Clash of the Titans. He is, oh, he's in Troy. He's um, also like the second in command in Troy. So I think he's he's hit like, we've reviewed at least like five things with this actor in it. But circling back around, Hercules, a very different take.
1: I, I like this Hercules. I loved it. I, yeah. I don't know, they keep calling him like older and like over the hill, but he like, he doesn't look that old, I guess. And he at one point admits, it's like, I never actually did any of those things. Like I invented the, the whole story, which I kind of love. And it's just, he's like, just a wild character. And, but he's also you know, a grumpy roommate. And I feel like that's exactly what Hercules would be. A terrible roommate.
2: A lush, a gambler.
1: Yeah. A womanizer. A a
2: degenerate liar. Yeah. 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 All of these things are not, they're they're not not Hercules.
1: They're not not Hercules. Yeah. And when he does have to do something, he brute forces it. Yeah. He's just like, punch it until it's better. (laughs)
2: Very Hercules. In the beginning, he's very much like basically in the first couple episodes, he's pretty much just like a vehicle for like fat jokes. And then mm-hmm. he gets he, he gets a lot more sort of fleshed out in the later season, particularly with the entrance of Medusa. And then in the second season, he's much more like capable and involved where like in the first couple of episodes of season one, he's just kind of like a complete liability, a, a bit of a coward and, and among other things.
0: Which seems wholly accurate for his character, all things considered. Like, when Hercules is not fighting a monster, he is his own worst enemy in about every other setting you can imagine.
2: Yeah, his, but, his whole, yeah. like, <laughs> the whole conceit in mythology that, like, that he's, you know, even though he, like, paves the way for people to settle and live civilized lives, set up cities, things like that, live safely, he can't exist inside settled society the way regular people can because he's too much of everything he's too violent he's prone to violence and madness you know if he hangs around too long someone ends up dying usually those closest to him and so like yeah he he kind of can't he, he he's ill-suited to the world he kind of paves the way for
3: just today i released an episode with your past guest amy pistone about the trichinii mm-hmm. where she basically says like all of that in the best way of just yeah he just can't he can't exist in in regular like human life his whole you know the whole prophecy that leads to his death is that you know either he'll die or his labors will come to an end and the trick is his labors can never come to an end unless he's dead and just all those different things about him and i think the way they use him as like a light and fun character is nice because you get kind of the similar heraclean things but you don't get the ptsd and the like just darkness is associated with him because he's kind of like, no, I didn't do all of that. So he's kind of like, he is Heracles, but he also didn't have to deal with all of the most horrific stuff that the actual mythological character did that like fucked him up so bad.
2: Yeah, which... Is an interesting, if we're just even thinking about, like, myth characters, it's an interesting juxtaposition with Jason because Jason, particularly as he's presented in in Apollonius, where he's kind of the new hero, but he's, like, suave and smooth, and he prefers sort of talking and negotiating and wooing and seducing, but, like, he's very much not like Hercules. And in this, like, it's almost, it's maybe not reversed, but there is, you know, Jason is the action man and the everyman and the capable physical one, whereas Hercules is, like, the swindler maybe for lack of a better word
3: Mm -hmm. meanwhile yeah i mean jason and myth is just totally useless like he's you know in (laughs) in like apollonius he's not he's not the absolute worst but like he still doesn't do anything you know he just he's just like in charge but he doesn't do anything
2: he's (laughs) barely even in charge because he's only in charge because heracles cedes the floor to him basically well and because he's
3: like got Hera's favor but that's it it's like he's in charge because the gods want him in charge and literally no other reason because he doesn't do anything As soon as he finds Medea he's like sick somebody to do everything for me <laughs> let's just like make that happen like he's I, I have a lot of ongoing arguments on my show and in my general life about who is worse out of Jason and Theseus and I always stand by Theseus being worse because Jason is much more benign like his Mm -hmm. jason's bad is just that he's a like useless human who uses medea and then throws her aside much to his own sort of lifetime demise but theseus is like outwardly bad like outwardly awful whereas jason he's just a when did someone uh, a guest i'm gonna say her name right and when kaya hayward she described him as like a wet dishcloth or something just like just the – he's just nothing. <laughs> he's just absolutely nothing. And so I think that's why I like this this made-up Jason so much more because he's, like, a nice guy who wants to help and he's not using everyone for his own gain. And look, he actually likes this nice lady. Oh, how endearing.
2: <laughs> Another, like, maybe interesting, like – not intertext or like a read because in the show Jason they're kind of setting up that Jason in the show is like the one person who actually might be like descended from or affected by the gods which is why he's got sort of near superhuman abilities which is also a funny comparison because among the sort of gallery of heroes we get from ancient Greece, Jason is one of the few that actually has like little to no divine connection. He's mm-hmm. not the child of a god. He has the favor of Hera, which is interesting in and of itself, because of how kind of unique that is. But yeah, he's he's royal, but he doesn't have any sort of divine lineage that most other heroes usually have. That's pretty immediate. Whereas in the show, it's the opposite. He actually is the one that who seems to be kind of divinely touched.
3: I would have loved mm-hmm. to be in the writer's room.
1: Yes. And this is where I feel like my questions of like audience kind of come in because there is a version of this show that could go pretty dark that like could have Hercules as like this very you know PTSD um, overwhelmed like not a nice guy and I don't know, could have Pythagoras being weirder than he is and could have Jason not, like, trying to do the right thing and being a nice guy. I feel like there there is a version of telling this type of story that does delve into the darker aspects of this. And I just, I'm,
2: like... Eli, I sort of an answer, I think, but it's a little okay. bit of like backstory on, on the right. So this show was created by the producers, Capstan Murphy, who created Merlin, which was, I don't know if you ever saw that, but it was okay. a BBC I show. Okay, I
1: literally yeah. said that out loud. I was like, this reminds me of Merlin. Yeah. I said that to people.
2: Yeah, so it has the same tone and it was designed to fit the same time slot, which is like also particularly why the sort of tone is where it is, where it's at this time slot that's, for, I think for more younger audiences. So it has that more kind of like jokey light Hearted, like PG-ish. If we were to give it like a a North, an American rating, Mm -hmm. and in the second season, it moved back a slot, so it moves to a later time slot, and then which also corresponds with the show becomes a little bit darker. There's a lot more blood, a lot more violence. There's sort of darker kind of subplots and tones. Like, and Jason, I think like there's a subplot where Jason kind of like just starts straight up murdering people
3: you right. Right. gotta keep watching
1: <laughs> I know I was like I guess I need to watch season 2 <laughs> yeah. so
2: it, it, it kind of pivots into and I think it was like because also another, the other creator was Howard Overman who created Misfits um, was one of the key oh, writers on a lot of okay. episodes
1: That is darker. Okay.
2: And then the second season, his name comes up a lot more in, in I think, the writing credits. Interesting.
3: It feels very BBC as well. Like, it's... I know BBC can do a lot of different things, but at the same, it just still feels like it. I never got too deep in Detroit, Fall of a City, because the United Kingdom of it all just... I was like, I can't get into... This is so deeply not the Mediterranean. I'm done. And from what I remember, it feels similar to that, too, where it's just like... Very regionally British accents performing in a a ostensibly Mediterranean world, and you know, I feel like it has a similar vibe even to like Doctor Who. You know, it's just like Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's it's kind of like what's the word I want? Like it's just I don't know. It's very British. (laughs) It's just like all it is. Yes.
0: It also has very much the aesthetic like I don't remember watching these much as a kid but like Xenon Warrior Princess or Young Hercules Mm -hmm. like it just reminds Mm -hmm, me of that so much. Mm-hmm. In terms of maybe it's production value and yeah,
2: yeah, like the costuming, the the tone, the kind of like I feel like they, they would have a scene where there's like a like a and then somebody like falls from a great height into like a pile of hay right in front of the main characters. Like I don't yeah, think yeah. that actually happened, but it kind of also happens every episode.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I just does it just mean that I am like a very jaded person in that this very like homey wonderful delightful show made me bored is that is that just me no
0: I got bored a lot I think it's it's not binge worthy like it is you can enjoy episodes for yeah the silliness or like the the easter eggs like there's so many easter egg components that does make it really fun but if you're trying to watch one after the other after the other you're like the interactions between the three main characters and, like, Ariadne and Pasiphae are, like, always the same, just with, like, a slightly different end goal that gets solved at the end of the episode. So, like, it's repetitive in a lot of ways.
2: It, it very much was, like, a bit of a chore for me to get through, and I I didn't get as far into season two, partially because I definitely, like, jumped over and was watching other shows that were binge And it's interesting because it, it came out on network. It came out on the BBC. It was canceled after the... sort of partway through its second season, so... We'll never exactly see, you know, they had plans for a season three that was going to feature the Argo, but, you know, won't be.
3: It was going to make more sense.
2: <laughs> yeah. And this was also like, I'm trying to cast my mind back is like 2013 is really the, I would say the beginning of a lot of the streaming services and like the early stages of like streaming wars and like Game of Thrones is now kind of a thing. And just like the tone of a lot of shows are like going toward in that direction. Whereas like this show compared to something like Vikings
1: yeah, or The Last yeah.
2: Kingdom. Uh, And where where those shows kind of really took off in a way that this one, you know, and maybe it never quite found its audience. There's again, there's other sort of restrictions. The budget was a bit high, which is ultimately why it got canceled. It wasn't sort of so it's harder to be on like a network show versus like when you have a streaming service, you can, you know, do kind of whatever you want. And then you either find your audience or you won't or, you know, the audience comes to you. But when you're sort of debuting sort of every Thursday at 8 p.m. or whenever it is. You yeah, know, yeah. that's, like, this extra hurdle that goes in. So I think it's very ad- interesting in, like, a, like history and development of, like, TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does sort of seem like a show from a bygone time almost, which is maybe why I was always so surprised that it was 2013, because I, I don't mm-hmm. think of shows like this existing then. <laughs> yeah. It feels it,
0: much more. It still has a very sitcom model to it when it also yeah. is wanting to have a grander narrative, and it just kind of gets stuck between the two, it feels like
2: yeah it's it's more episodic than not it yeah it's like maybe if the show came out in 2006 or something like that or, or 2002 it might have been a lot bigger but I think yeah. like in and of its time it maybe was sort of I'm trying to work I'm trying to work in like a classical illusion it was like it was like NES whose poetry is sort of old and hoary by the time hoary h-o-a-r why not the other <laughs> kind. um
3: the best word because out. you have to spell it in order for it to be great right? yeah
2: and the only reason i use it because like that's just the word that always comes up and it's like shaggy and old compared to like slick new virgil or something like that
3: i love it yeah i all i want in the world is a dark and gritty and mythologically accurate like bingeable tv show what
2: like myth that. would you want to focus on
3: Oh, God, that's a good question. I feel like now, just by even watching this, like I do think focusing on Crete, but calling it Crete would be very good because Mm -hmm. Crete is just sort of like this world of its own and it has so many myths. I don't want to focus on Theseus, but like I guess if we had to, and maybe we make him not awful or make him really
2: awful. Make him awful, make (laughs) him the worst. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Dionysus comes in and like fucks it up, maybe. I don't know. My, I, (laughs) the only like hero i really have any kind of time for is cadmus but then he has very few stories (laughs) associated with him which i think is why he ends up being not awful because he doesn't have time but yeah (laughs) i don't know i feel like making it a, a dark and gritty show about the argo like the whole argonautica would be very good if you did it right like if you you know, have the whole lead up and, like, a lot of really dark stuff happening and then you meet Medea and she solves all the problems in a kind of, like, not anti-hero, but, like, like the th- you know, what they do with TV now where it's, like, she's not going to be perfect, she's going to be dark, she's going to be murderous, but also you're still going to love her kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that and could be yes. You're going
2: to get why, I think, because that's, like, what, yeah. I, what I like so much about Apollonius is you, because he's got in mind the Euripides play of, like, we know where Medea's going to end up, kind of, but we're going to see, like... The the lies that Jason tells her, the choice, everything she puts on the line and sacrifices for him, which is, like, when she has her turn, it makes sense and is empathizable.
3: Yeah. Apollonius Medea is amazing. Like, just even all of that in, like, some dark and gritty show would be great. You just have, like, a little touch of Heracles, and then he's gone. But he gets to have, like, this moment with Hylas. Like, that would be cool. That would be great. Now I'm just, I mean, now I'm in on this. I want a dark and gritty Argonautica. (laughs) Right now,
0: <laughs> I think that could be very cool. I that would
3: hate... be
1: really
2: fun. I'll also add, we, we'd be remiss of the the myth I sort of want to come back to, and we, a character we haven't talked about, but we absolutely need to, is Medusa in the show.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, I haven't yes. gotten to anything happening to her, so please uh, tell me, and then let's talk.
2: About... How are you? Okay. Are you okay with being spoiled? Yeah,
3: please spoil away. I'm going to watch it anyway because I, I should also say when we were talking about people not getting bored i definitely would have gotten bored i was also doing something at the same time which is i think the only way that i could mm-hmm. enjoy it is like finding the right thing to do where i'm paying just enough attention while also keeping my attention elsewhere because that's also my adhd at work so it was like yeah. the perfect background show that i was still paying attention to but it was not taking up all my attention because i would not have handled it
1: i understand completely yes i like i will crochet sometimes <laughs> yeah the only problem I was
0: having is there would be these short little characters like Baki's would show up and I'm like, who the hell is that? And then they're gone and I never see them again. I'm like, okay, I guess they weren't important. <laughs> the only one that was important was Cyrus, the thief from the bull leaping episode who was murdered and then he comes back to guide them through the underworld. So I'm like, I remembered who you were at least. Ooh.
2: To sacrifice himself again.
0: Again, yeah. <laughs> just
2: because that was my question at the end, they leave the underworlds like is Cyrus just getting like ripped apart by by ghouls down in Tartarus? For, like, is it eternity? also because
0: he was racist in the his first showing because of like what he kept saying
1: about?
2: But he he overcame that, teammates. right? That was what happened. <laughs> right, that was that, they that was became his a arc.
1: team. <laughs> they overcame their differences. <laughs>
0: Oh, I have one other thing to say before we get to Medusa. And this, like, I think Pythagoras was a budding archaeologist because he's like, "Oh, look, it's a shard! It's a piece of broken pottery, and I'm let's collect the pieces and put it back together." And
3: then, he, he does—he reassembles it. He's like, "I think <laughs> it's a pig." <laughs> Just even the way he said "shard" like now you're like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: delightful." I
0: love it. Yeah. Oh I just had to say that. I'm like, Pythagoras is a budding archaeologist and he doesn't even know it. Like, take a break from triangles, Cannon. man. Actually, <laughs> ironically, we use the Pythagorean theorem to lay out excavation grids.
1: Yeah, I was like, you don't have to leave it behind. Bring it with you. You <laughs> so don't. You, go. you
0: are born to be an archaeologist, man.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I, I got that out. I had to say that about Pythagoras. And now we can <laughs> give Medusa our full attention, which I think I think we need to unpack with, like one thing that was upsetting to me is like I actually really liked how they did Medusa, but I got so upset of how so many of the women were done in this show overall. Mm. So Medusa was a plus. So let's definitely start there and then we can talk about like Pasiphae and Ariadne in particular is kind of what I'm leaning towards.
2: Medusa so she's introduced in an episode where they they rescue her on one of their adventures involving main ads and satyrs, which in this world are like kind of weird monkey people. And they...
1: That was weird.
2: So then she kind of becomes this... She's sort of a love interest with Hercules. And then eventually they, for some reason, they need to go get Pandora's box. And for some reason, again, she kind of looks into... You can t- I have sort of like notes on the show. But she looks in the <laughs> box because of, you know, like, again, like in an allusion, I guess, to Pandora where like curiosity overcomes her. But that she looks in the box for a reason and then is cursed with... Snake hair. And then she goes and like exiles herself into a cave. In the second season, she comes back and I don't want to spoil it too much, but we get the sort of the Medusa, the more Medusa stories we're thinking about and like the iconography involving her head. But that's kind of, yeah, so she's this sort of cursed, she's like, I guess maybe a tragic heroine.
0: Are you telling me they behead her? I'm going to be very upset if that is the case. Yes, they
2: do. And you're not going (sighs) to like it. You're not going to like it.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm a little upset because I like that she. Season two is dead to me now.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'll watch that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She starts off great because she kind of like rescues herself in so many ways. Like Mm -hmm. she had wax in her ears so she wasn't like being hypnotized and she's like ready to like do the thing and she's running with everybody. And yeah, she doesn't seem to be a passive character she like has a lot of opinions and at some point like gets really pissed at hercules for trying to enchant her with like a love spell and like refuses to talk to him and like is like an opinionated real character <laughs> so i was kind of yeah. i was sad that looking in pandora's box is what snakeified her i was like really like okay <laughs> I get like I didn't want anything bad to happen to her, but like it just it felt I don't know,
3: especially if it's like the curiosity. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: I I thought it was the result. Okay, because like Pandora's box, because I was obsessed with the linear B, I got very distracted over like what happened exactly. (laughs) So I thought part of what happened to Medusa was like because Hercules had gone to Circe to get the love potion and then like he was supposed to pay back with the thing most precious to him which was a subplot. And then I thought because he hadn't paid Cersei back, like oh. he did something that got Medusa into like into that form. I actually like
3: that version better. Yeah, much better.
0: Right? Okay. Yeah. That was what was happening in my head. I didn't realize she'd looked in Pandora's box. So
3: The Curiosity thing no, in like general too is such like a bummer of a one of those yeah. things that's taken hold of mythology, even though it's not really in the sources. Like it's the idea that we blame women when the sourcing I've done a whole episode on Pandora for this reason, but like there's nothing about curiosity. She opens it because she was always going to open it because the gods wanted her to open it. Cause they wanted the evils out. Like it wasn't about a woman's mm-hmm. curiosity. It was just about like, that was going to happen. Like it just had to happen. It was the whole point of the whole plot. And then, so mm-hmm. you had to take hold of the curiosity and use it again. It's like, ugh.
2: it's kind of us like retrojecting an Adam and Eve kind of situation back yes. onto Pandora. Exactly. exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for all the misogynist reasons of, like, oh, a lady's curiosity. It's really troubling when they, like, care to know about things.
2: So they they do this thing with Pandora's box where it's kind of like the one ring or something where it, like, whispers to you and it's like, open me, look at me. And, like, so they're kind of like, don't look in the box. I'm a serious professional. Uh, In the episode, kind of what happens is, like, she, you know, they rescue Medea from these thugs that had kidnapped her and they're, like, fighting the thugs. And she runs back to the apartment where they've stashed the box in their, like, secret floor compartment. And she, like, hears the whispers and, like, finds the box and just looks in it. And which is, like, my greatest grievance is that it's sort of not set up in any way that would make sense why. They just, like, oh, yeah, the box is, you know, alluring to people. But, like, it's nothing particular to Medusa of, like, they didn't set up of, like, she would be the kind of person that would either be mistrusting or suspicious or, or curious or whatever. Like, any reason that she would have, like, why she would look in the box versus anyone else.
1: Also, what happened to the lock on it that Daedalus put on? Did it just go away? That, I think that was after. No, because that's when they go to Daedalus, it's to try to figure out a cure for Medusa. So she's already looked at it.
0: Okay. Okay. You're right. Okay. I lost my, my track, thought, it, obviously.
2: <laughs> if I was in the writer's room, which obviously I wasn't and, and maybe shouldn't have been, but like if I, my thought was, is if I were to change it, is she would have always been a Gorgon and that she was keeping her gorgonness on the DL and then it's revealed later that she's like, I don't know, got some kind of spell or something that like hides it, but then
1: love that. She's no, actually been better. a Gorgon.
2: This, yeah, which is also a little bit, I'm taking a, a page from my one of my favorite Medusa depictions, which is in an episode of the Disney Hercules TV show, where she like disguises herself as a human so she can like go to prom and like, and and, and make friends, basically.
0: How do they deal with the whole eye thing, though? Sunglasses? Because I, apparently Jason's just immune.
1: Okay, well, okay. No, Jason used his knowledge of like the shield to like look in the shield to talk to Medusa. He, that's what he says to Hercules. He's like... You can only look at her reflection. Here's a shield. He was using his knowledge. Mm, his modern his knowledge. knowledge. Yeah.
2: My answer to, to that, Chrissy, would be the spell, whatever spell she gets that makes her sort of look like a, a, a not Gorgon would just repress her Gorgon powers. And, but then it wears off and then it's a whole accident and she's like accidentally turning people to stone or something like that. And then there's, you know, confusion and...
0: Oh, the better Cinderella. Gotcha. <sighs>
3: Disney's Hercules is <laughs> like Incredible. the TV show. Go. I have not rewatched all of it, like from before, you know, when I was a child and watching it when it was on TV. But like, I rewatched a chunk of it for a while, and it is. It goes into so many myths and like deep cut, accurate myths. That show is underrated <laughs> and ridiculous. I think
2: yeah, it for, it has a shoestring budget, but I think it is one of the better bits of classical reception mm-hmm. out there.
3: If you look at the cast list your mind explodes into a trillion different pieces. Like every single actor you have ever heard of from the 90s is in the Disney's Hercules TV show. All of them. I'm looking this up right now. (laughs) I truly, like, all to say, like, I did a lot of watching of Disney's Hercules and scrolling through that, like, IMDb, and it's wild. Sandra Bernhard? Oh, my God. Everyone. Everyone is in it except Danny DeVito because somehow he didn't come back to play his role from the movie and then How could he every- not come back like,
0: to
2: like
3: Everyone from Seinfeld, everyone, I'm pretty sure everyone from Friends, like every major actor of the 1990s is in this show.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right, because Lisa delightful. Kudrow is Lisa Kudrow's Aphrodite. I distinctly yes, remember like, this.
3: Truly everyone. <laughs> it's incredible. I'm so happy. <laughs>
0: All I know is that it fed into this idea that I've had some students come to class and be like, "Oh, the Spartans worshiped Ares." And I'm like, "No, all of the Greeks hated Ares for the most part. Like they have in the Iliad that like he's the most hated of all the gods."
2: His dad yeah. says that to him too.
0: Yeah. I love it. And and but like this one kid was really insistent and I'm like, "I mean, you show me the original Greek source on it and I will accept it." And like that kid never came back with anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> i want to hear like so, the, the, the most exciting thing to me for that is like this must have been a young person discovering this very 1990s tv show where it's like i don't know about you guys but like i was born in the late 80s so like it was on mm-hmm. when i was like 10 11 so it was ideal but if you're yep. teaching somebody who was like learning from it i, mean, I just I don't understand where that
0: concept comes from of like sparta worshipped aries like and and then someone pointed out on twitter like that is that was very well established in that tv show because Heracles and his schoolmates cassandra and icarus are like from the school where athena's their mascot and then they have their rivalry school is from sparta and Ares is their mascot so like i think it's said into that idea
3: oh my god Ares is like this really like frumpy little god too and then Hephaestus is like Mm -hmm. big and buff and like I love that juxtaposition too which is super not like atypical I would say and it's great tv show not 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 Atlantis but it is a great tv show
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and they're they're going to be coming out with a live action Disney's Hercules which I am
3: if they don't make the muses good like it's all over I, I mean, know. if they don't make the muses what they are in the show or in the how oh. cartoon,
0: well, and that was Lizzo's. Um, if Lizzo rumors, is not one of the
3: muses,
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was what yes. her whole music video was about. Was basically, like, oh, yeah. I should obviously be one of the muses, which for like the
3: whole this... world agrees with her. Yeah, hundred oh, percent.
2: <laughs> what if they went? They got the Spice Girls as originally planned.
3: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> if they make the muses white like it's all over and no one's watching that no
1: no one needs that no one wants to see that (laughs) truly
3: no one's watching
1: it yeah
0: i saw someone suggest that ariana grande should be meg and i'm like is it just because of the high ponytail is that like literally the only thing (laughs) you're basing (laughs) that casting decision on
3: (laughs) i mean she can sing i guess yeah
2: I i have a larger like Every time I see someone on the internet put like, here's my fan casting of like whatever thing, you know, book, video game, or whatever, I always get really frustrated because they just they fixate on like physical, like, you know, if the character is supposed to have red hair, they pick an actor with red hair or something like that. And I'm like, that's not the like the logic that should be informing your casting. It, it should like physical appearance should actually not be the thing that is sort of really you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. you're limiting yourself all right but i'll stop before because i'm about to like enter in like to like a stuttery nonsense kind of like just frothing <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right should we bring it back to the women of atlantis and yes yeah, yes <laughs> yes now sorry, that christy rec- now that i recognize how poor medusa is, like i really wa- liked the idea of it being the fault of her or of hercules's actions because again that ties in pretty well with her myth of, like, it's not really anything she did wrong. It is what Poseidon did to her that leads to this unfair punishment of her. And I kind of wish that's what they had done. And you had to spoil it for me, y'all. But anyway, I really liked her depiction, though, and also that she was very capable. She's sympathetic. She is someone who looks past. Like, I I like that, too. Like, she looks past Hercules' appearance and, like, all the faults that his friends like to, like, put on him all the time. And she sees, like the good heart he has, even if when he does mess up, and she holds him accountable when he messes up. So like the perception she has with her eyesight, and, and you could read into that a little bit. I think that's giving way too much uh, credit to this very shallow show at the end of the day, but <laughs> I, I liked all of those aspects of her a lot. Then on the flip side, you have Pasiphae and Ariadne, where Pasiphae is all of a sudden the stepmother. She's evil and conniving. Mm-hmm. She is a witch.
2: She's Livia. She is, yeah. yeah. She's doing the Livia thing. Like, she's just she slowly is. poisoning yeah. her husband.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Without any good reason. Like, I do like that connection. They've made her Cersei's sister, which she is, but... Yes. So, like, the idea of her being a witch is not a stretch. It's not, like, explicit in the mythology, but it's not a stretch. But her being, like, conniving evil and a stepmother is, like, a deep and unnecessary stretch. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like... If she was a good or not not even necessarily a good witch but like a witch who was not pointlessly against her daughter for no reason and like pointlessly evil and all these things like pacify has been done so dirty by mythology generally like the poor woman every single thing in her life is a shit show and not because of anything she did and then yeah, yeah so to, yeah. to make her this evil is such a bummer it's just so unnecessary
2: this is not pertinent to the show necessarily, but did you have a thought on like Madeline Miller's pacify? Because like in yeah, Cersei, like the it. book, she's very much this like, like she's just after glory. She's kind of like a mean stepsister. Like that's kind of her energy.
3: Yeah. It's not, not my favorite take. No, no. <laughs> I think she's just, I mean, I think she's so sympathetic in the mythology that, that to make her anything else is unnecessary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again. In myth, she is a character punished for the actions
3: of the men around her mm-hmm. through no fault of her Perpetually, just endlessly, yeah.
2: yeah. And then Ariadne is, on the flip side, kind of that just sort of very, I don't know, what's the word I'm, I'm searching for? She's a damsel in distress, basically? Like, she she ends sure. up
0: being the most bland of all
1: of the characters, yeah. it really feels like. Yeah. Which is so sad. No, I just like, I... I really love Ariadne's story in the myths because I feel like in some versions she gets like a best case scenario. She
3: really does, yeah. Right?
1: Like she gets to like hang out with Dionysus and like Dodges the easiest bullet. Yes, like really dodges that
3: bullet. Mm -hmm,
1: But then like is immortalized, right? Like she in some versions Mm -hmm. becomes a goddess and like hell yeah, I'm so here for that. And like she at the, what at the very first episode she gives Jason like the little spool of thread. So like she does her one thing. But then mm-hmm. she just like stands and stares out windows and like looks dramatic. She doesn't do anything else ever. <laughs> Gets messages and then never does anything
0: effective with them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is not me defending the show, but in the second season, there's a lot more Ariadne where basically the kind of arc of the second season is she becomes queen and then it becomes kind of the civil war struggle between her and pacify for the throne when then sometimes Ariadne's on top and sometimes Pacify's on top and they kind of go back and forth. But again, I think very much in the same way that pacify is kind of just doing Livia again from I, Claudius, you know, which was at this at this point was like 50 years old. Ariadne even in the second season I think is just kind of following in the footsteps of other more popular TV shows that would have a like I'm thinking Game of Thrones especially because I guess you know, the shadow that show cast on TV in general was kind of inescapable.
3: And like women pitted against women is just so unnecessary too. Like that don't you don't need it, you know? Like it, especially in mythology where it's like the women have enough trouble in mythology without you unnecessarily making pacify the villain and then setting her up to be against who is her daughter. They don't have any issues in the mythology. And it's, yeah, it's so unnecessary. Like, it, yeah, it really, like it takes away from any kind of stronger women characters to pit them against each other in a way that's like so against the actual ancient sourcing.
2: And Cersei feeds into that as well because she's mm-hmm. just a I like another example of that yeah
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Is different? like okay what
0: that's that's the character yeah. basically yeah and then and then jason can't kill her but then has no problem killing cersei and i'm like what was the logic there well you're no
2: they get into this like again but i don't know big spoilers but do you know the twist at the end of the first season that i'm gonna ruin for you
3: do it <laughs> which is
2: that jason is pacify's son And which is why he like Mm -hmm. stops himself before he kills her because a similar thing happens in the second season. He like can't do it because he like he knows
1: at molecular level.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. He like intuits that. Yeah. which, Which never why, stopped anyone in a myth but
1: yeah, no. Which is why I think also They had her be Ariadne's Stepmom because yeah. that Means that Ariadne like and Jason Are related, related.
0: I, I am glad they did that But also they didn't necessarily need to Do that as we saw that Oedipus is Included in that. Yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I oh would why? love the cliffhanger of that episode I'm like well we all know how that's going to end But
3: we'll just let it go We'll just okie dokie.
2: There's like a moral question that, that, that the show doesn't really get into, but Jason is faced with a moral conundrum where he's like, Do I kill baby Oedipus? It's almost like a kill baby Hitler kind <laughs> yeah, of thing, but like, say.
0: yeah. <laughs> My very strong sense of Jason is like a student who. Has not come to my Greek Civ class, but a student who has wandered into my uh, history turning points class, where I start them off with the Iliad, and people are like, "I've heard of that name. I have no idea who they are." Like Jason gives me that exact same energy of like, "I know that name. I know bad things happen with that
3: name." <laughs> <laughs> like he's not a classicist. He just knows names. He's no. just like heard yeah. vague things. Yeah. Mm. This
2: this is so my biggest question. What was Jason? before Atlantis was he like a, a submariner obviously. how does he know how to drive a submarine he's a
3: marine
0: biologist obviously <laughs> what <laughs> else could else he be
2: <laughs> what was his dad what, what were they doing how does he just have access to a submarine why was his dad know. exploring underwater I and don't like...
3: know his dad was <laughs> looking
1: for Atlantis yeah. obviously. and the, yeah, the wreckage of his dad's sub his sub was named the Oracle which I kind of liked
3: it was also it was either it's the font called papyrus or an equally cliche font yep, and I yep, just stared yeah. at it and I was like this is this <laughs> that font terrible. you chose that font for your oh, for your yep. shit There's a great
2: SNL skit where it's all about I think oh, it's a granddossing like Ryan yeah, where the the font for the avatar or for James Cameron's avatar poster is just the papyrus font, and he's like, no, it's like you can't get away with it. That's
3: one of the best SNL skits of all time. Oh my god. Yeah. I have a
1: really like stupid like complaint that isn't a real complaint.
2: We're at that part of the show. <laughs>
1: okay, are we there? Yeah. Are we there? Yeah. yeah, we're there. I really hated how Jason could just speak. Everybody's language. As in soon as
3: he spoke first spoke, I was like, this, this I feel like you I should you should explain something. I don't know what's going on here.
2: I almost <laughs> knew you were gonna say that, Eli, because this is like this is Eli's thing. <laughs> this like, is yeah. my
1: thing. <laughs> because I think like communication and like languages are interesting and they like make Very interesting conflicts among you know real human people who have to deal with this, and I think it would have been really fun if just the first episode was them like yelling at each other and not being able to understand, and he slowly, slowly learns ancient Greek. I guess Atlantean.
2: Atlantean. (laughs) He he learns Linear B. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Proto-Minoan Greek. That was something. Maybe it's all Minoan.
0: Maybe that's it because like linear A is a similar syllabary to linear B, but mm-hmm. we just don't understand what linear A is. So maybe it's linear A.
1: So, yeah, I just I think language barriers are fun and are interesting and human focused conflicts that make for cool stories
3: the this has been my ted talk <laughs> in ho- in like hollywood they get boring within like an episode i think exactly they would, they well would it's be like
1: yeah, yeah you can't yeah you can't do that in a mini-series it doesn't work
0: wasn't there like babble was a-, a movie that actually did that Oh I did not oh. see that. More or less with Brad Pitt being in it and like it happens all over the world so it's being done in all these different languages. Hmm.
1: Okay. I was actually
0: in Greece when I saw part of that now that I think about it so maybe I was even more confused <laughs> because yes all of the
3: subtext was in Greek so I'm like I have no idea what's going on with that. Movie. <laughs> uh, to oh. pull it right back to ridiculous hills to die on apparently uh, my brain just concluded that the oracle uh, shipwreck is actually not in papyrus it's in the font called herculaneum
2: oh, uh, oh my i God. knew it was an
3: ancient font and <laughs> why my brain can recognize between the two i could like picture it and i'm like no, no that was not papyrus i remember looking at it and thinking it's one of the cliches but it's not papyrus I love it. I love it. <laughs> I will say
0: my other favorite thing, because we there's not much to say about the character King Minos, but what I love about King Minos is he has come up with every imaginable way relating to bulls to, like, sacrifice <laughs> people to Poseidon, all held in his yep. personal coliseum. Yep.
2: I am so confused about the whole bull leaping <laughs> thing of, like, what are the rules <laughs> to this sport? Why are they, like, are they, like... <laughs> Condemned prisoners or are you get they like a athletes?
0: To train like gladiators, yeah. <laughs> you as a team, and then your team goes in, and if one of you fails, you all die. But if all, if all of you succeed in leaping over the bowl by any means necessary, then Poseidon has had mercy on you and you walk free.
3: But they do the Those very the explicitly rules. like the flips that you could like see from the wall yep. paintings, because in mm-hmm. the actual show it is absurd, their flips, and you're like, you you're you're clearly trying to do something here.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> I I took stills from from Hercules's leap because it was like pure yes. joy so for a moment. It's so good, air, when, when Hercules leaps over that bull, he has like an
2: eight foot vertical jump. Like I he know. flies <laughs> over that thing.
0: Oh, that that one got to me so bad because every single leap over the bull was so ridiculous, and the facial expressions were just <laughs> too good. <laughs> Oh, that one got me. But Because we have the Minotaur, we have the Bull Leaping, we have the Pankration, we have the Brazen mm-hmm. Bull. I'm yep. pretty sure there's more, but that's
3: all that's coming to mind right now.
2: Yeah, a lot a lot of, a lot of bull, bull stuff. Which is
3: why it should have just been set on Crete. It should have just been Crete. It really should have. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's really. like the title. <laughs> the, 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 t- the new title of the show is, now Atlantis. lands, it should have been set on Crete.
3: Everything about it is clearly Crete. Yup,
2: yup. <laughs> and I think I, I don't know if I have any other like final thoughts, unless anyone's got another like, just hot take they want to get into.
0: I don't know about hot take, but I do want to ask what everyone's like favorite episode is, and then, but if there's a hot take, do the hot take. Let me think. Let me think.
2: All right, I, I gotta look over my notes, and refresh myself of what the episodes.
0: Mine actually is actually are. the Oedipus one because it went into this direction of like actually. The things that I always want to see more in these films is like, what does it actually look like taking care of an infant in the ancient world? What toys do they have? How do you swaddle them? Where do you put them to bed? How do you feed them milk when like there's not a mother? And I loved all of that. I loved Hercules's interactions with the infant because it's kind of the first time we got more depth to him as a character. And it like, again, showed Medusa being very capable. And I just... I actually really enjoyed it. It it became almost like full house all of a sudden. Like yep. I, I'm remembering that very first episode where it's three guys trying to figure out how to put a diaper on an yep. infant. <laughs> and I just I enjoyed it for like it's not a high. Well, it becomes high stakes like every episode does. But like so much of what was enjoyable was just like how do we take care of a baby in the ancient world when we're three dudes and we have no idea what we're doing. But we care about this yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I have t- I had two thoughts. Well, there was one, not my favorite episode, and I'll get into that in a second, but there was this one, on episode five, I only have one note written down, which is in the very beginning of the episode, when Hercules is like taking care of his champion dung beetle, he picks up poop <laughs> off the ground with his bare hands to put in the jar, and then immediately with the same hand goes and picks up a loaf of bread, and that was like the only thing I could think about for the rest of that episode, <laughs> where I'm like, I just watched you touch like poop on the road with a bear with your hand and then you immediately handle food (laughs) that the the rest of the episode should have just been about everybody getting like dysentery and pink eye
1: (laughs) i loved the dung beetle so much
0: That plotline was and more I, interesting than the other plot line in that
1: episode, frankly. I don't even. Rem- I did not remember what episode it was in. I just remember how much I enjoyed their prized dung beetle that he carries around in a jar, and like names, and it's like serious you know.
2: question: Do dung beetles actually eat the dung, or do they, do they just use it for other stuff?
1: I don't want to be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> no, no idea. They roll it.
2: Yeah, I, know, I
3: thought they're like late.
1: Eggs in it. They use it for and their leading like, yeah. thing. And then, in like the eggs, like when they hatch maybe eat it question mark
2: we'll go back to not you. Well, important oh well, 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 yeah. no, it's a <laughs> follow, um, follow up
3: on the dung beetle
2: yeah um, <laughs> but my actual favorite episode is, is episode 11 which is the werewolf episode because I'm a sucker for all things werewolves <laughs> and I have all sorts of like little insights and gripes about you know why it should have been a myth about Lycaon and, and I was you know, just gonna a lot if of it was a
3: myth about Lycaon
2: <laughs> no it's it's, okay. it's Hecate in this one it's and no. it sort of just becomes a very generic werewolf story involving silver which is not a thing you don't get in werewolf literature my first ever thing published was about werewolves and ancient sources
3: Amazing. i've done a lot of digging into that too
2: it's yeah I'm, I'm a huge i'm a big fan so like i was bombed by a lot of missed opportunities but it was a werewolf story so in my book that immediately sort of ascends to like you know s tier
0: i just like the end of it when they're jason's like trying to recount like what he did while Ariadne was in other than be naked in front of her because he remembers that part but then he's like yeah they're like oh what'd you do it can't be that I was like I slammed a door in the face like, all lovers do that. this is her he like, all lovers do that that's fine he's like I think I sniffed her I'm like eh, she probably didn't notice that I was like, and then I growled and Pythagoras was, like, was it like a fun growl like a, and he's like no it's more like a...
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yup, I'm you're isolating screwed. that clip
2: Christy <laughs> <laughs> I, my question is still like why couldn't Ariadne find out? Like, would it have been a real deal breaker? I like I don't I'm, like
3: understand. Like, yeah, yeah, he's cured
1: now, right? Like, so it's like it's fine.
2: It seems like a like a manufactured conflict that like Ariadne couldn't find out.
0: It's very sitcom again, and it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things. I was also just gonna say, I don't know if that man who had been naked in front of me growled that way. I don't know. I think maybe I'd still take it as a compliment <laughs> if I was into him. <laughs> I don't. That wouldn't be so bad. The door slamming would be problematic. But he then
1: opens the door, so it's fine.
3: <laughs> I wish I had seen this episode. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready for it now. <laughs> right.
1: I think my favorite episode might be like one or maybe twelve or thirteen, where the heist when they like try to get into the palace to kill Pacify. I I love a good heist, as y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just like how they're like, they plan all this stuff out. And then like, Hercules and Pythagoras abandon Jason. And he like, can't get back up the wall. And then he has to spend the night in Ariadne's bedroom. And it's like, there's there's so much here, guys. There's so much. So it's delightful. But I also like the five minutes of modern day, where you're just like, what is happening? So yeah, it's like one, one in the end are just really, really fun. <laughs> and delightful.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite just because I found myself rushing through them because I just didn't think I'd have enough time, which I definitely didn't. But I think maybe the Oedipus because that everything you said, Christy, is so interesting. But also, yeah, episode one was just like funny. Like I really, from episode one, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle watching all of this, but I'm going to do it. And then I think I got more into it because I needed the right thing to be doing at the same time for my own brain purposes. But the beginning in the modern world the herculaneum font on the sunken ship just like him landing i like how he he lands he's naked he finds ancient clothing and ancient sandals on the beach and there seems to be no indicator to him that like something's amiss He has to actually get to an ancient city. And then he's like, wait, am I in ancient Greece? And it's like, (laughs) sir, sir, you were just under, like, under the sea. You saw a ship called the Oracle. A bunch of weird stuff happened. And then you found ancient clothing. Like, I know that time travel is not, like, the first assumption. But, like, come on. Like, we've all watched enough TV. Like, that should, you should have gotten it earlier. And there's just, like, a few moments where, like, him getting, him meeting Pythagoras is so silly. Triangles and... Oh, my God, you're Hercules. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, maybe the first episode just it sets so much up in such yeah, like yeah. A, a way where you're like, oh, this is the type of show I'm going to be watching. Okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> this this exactly. is what exactly. <laughs> <was. laughs>
2: a good piece of art teaches you how to watch it in its first whatever. There you
3: go. It did that. <laughs> yep. Yep. It really did.
0: All I know is the other thing that happened a lot was the choice of slow motion action in different running chase or fight scenes. And every time it happened, the song slow motion for me, slow motion, like just kept coming into my head. I'm like, why is this happening all the time? Why? Bad CGI. Okay. And the combination of good CGI and bad CGI, because we did have a Harryhausen moment at the very last episode too, or no, when Cersei is killed and we get the skeletons. Mm Yep. And I'm like, oh, those are really good looking skeleton fights happening there right and then right. other times the cgi is so bad
2: the bull <laughs> <The bowl> leaping
3: <laughs> yeah. i don't know that was technologically <laughs> or, incredible i think
0: <laughs> they, they they just had yeah. way too much fun with the cgi was was my my fu- and, and slow not enough motion budget. And not yeah enough budget. it's like not, you not could have spent too much money fun. here
3: people like at the beginning in the minotaur they really set it up like they weren't going to show him like they were going to do the whole all the suspense based on that and i was like this is great this is the right call when you have a low budget like work your suspense based off not showing the thing like we all horror movies have proven that that is like really good use of like a lack of Mm -hmm. budget or technology and then they were like nah we're gonna show it and it's gonna be (laughs) kind of weird (laughs) <laughs> like, okay. and then after
2: you kill it it's gonna turn it just into some guy <laughs>
3: just some dude yeah you know like like the myth says yeah
0: no the the choice of how a bunch of different creatures got depicted in cgi like the, the how satyrs how do they say the satyrs what
3: were they oh yeah and they said it weird and yeah they, they were the weird. most bizarre creatures satyrs oh, like, i that's... think they said Satires, yeah, like, that's yeah.
1: not what you think it means. Like that's no. not. <laughs>
0: no. And um, yeah. what was it when they the thing guarding Pandora's box?
2: Oh, I don't uh, even know what that was. Uh, campy. Uh, it was just a. It was a very Harryhausen-esque kind of monster. Like, it's yeah, just it was a, a scorpion,
0: scorpion womanish lady thing.
3: <laughs> Something I would fight in Heroes of Might and Magic. I don't know. In the very first episode, he finds a dragon in the marketplace and kills it. And that I just like had forgotten that until you said that. I totally Which is,
2: forgot about that. Yes.
3: And it's super weird because it's like there's not just regularly dragons on the street in any other moment of the show. It's not they're not introducing a place and a time when there are just tiny marketplace dragons. This thing was a two headed like traditional European dragon too, like explicitly not a Mediterranean style dragon it's very like out of the like britain mythology and then he just kills it and starts running and doing the whole aladdin thing and i just i think i would like completely forgotten that it happened and yeah truly it was just an interesting choice like they clearly wanted to set up this like mythologizing this like there are monsters in this world so they're like put it right in the beginning even if it doesn't fit with the story we're gonna tell you at all
1: because like, nothing comes of that. No. Really. Like, he just kills a
3: dragon and he's like, I guess this means I'm in the ancient mythological world. <laughs> Better go talk to the Oracle. Yeah. I'll well, find Pythagoras.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I am really tempted to watch season two now. You guys. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep yeah. going.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna be very upset with Medusa,
1: but Yeah, I'm
3: mad. I know. Oh yeah. And there's oh. Medea too.
2: Medea shows up in the uh, season. Medea shows up. Mm-hmm.
3: Is it good or bad?
2: I don't think I've seen enough of it to really say. Uh, I think she's kind of positioned as like the other woman slash bad girl that kind of maybe comes between Jason and Ariadne. Oh, uh, like, new like, you know, she's day. kind of a villain. They maybe kind of bond, you know. there's a
3: Okay. Okay. I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah. should, we, uh, should we do our sign offs? Lovely. All right.
3: I think so. As we blink. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> sorry this, it takes me like three tries to get this um, i
3: can't do anything scripted with other people i'm with you uh
2: yeah thank you uh everyone for listening I hope you enjoyed i want to um again thank live uh it was really wonderful having you on the show hope you uh at least had some enjoyment you know it, it, forgive the chaos that is our sort of very <laughs> hodgepodge ramshackled.
3: that is what podcasts are for yeah like just the, yeah. the <sighs>
2: rambling idiocies of of people with degrees.
3: <laughs> I had so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent.
2: And uh, listeners can, can can find you, of course, at your show. Uh, let's talk about Myths Baby. But where else can they find or read or listen uh, of things from you?
3: Everywhere. Um, I have a website. It's mythsbaby.com. Everything of mine is is just Myths Baby. Thankfully, I thought ahead and grabbed it all. Um, And then, yeah, I have a book coming out on April 12th that is a very ridiculous and silly and dorky and historically and mythologically accurate book of cocktails, Greek mythology themed cocktails. It is, I I finally have a copy of it and I've been like talking about it more on my podcast and stuff. And it is truly like, it's just so fun for nerds. Like the, the way they just let me go really viscerally dark and weird and gross and in-depth into the mythology and history. Like, I think it's just going to be beloved by classicists and, like, maybe very few other people, and I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, so it's called Nectar of the Gods. It's available everywhere. And then my other book is uh, the Greek mythology, The Gods, Goddesses, and Heroes Handbook, which is just sort of like a primer on Greek mythology and is also available everywhere. But the cocktails are really the fun one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to making and trying yes. Agamemnon's Bathwater. That's the one I've heard of. This yes. My
3: yes. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> and then I have Jason's Folly. Because the thing was, is that with cocktails, I didn't have to pretend like I was even remotely, you know, not biased. So Jason's is called <laughs> Jason's Folly. Theseus is, is the Crimes of Theseus. There's Agamemnon's yes. Bathwater. And then I gave, you know, like... It just, yeah, I had so much fun. Ariadne's is Ariadne's Naxian escape because it's all oh, about how she escaped. Nice. From oh, <laughs> so got up with happy. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other, like, well themed ones for this to share because it's really quite silly. Oh, Cersei's potent potion is one. That's good stuff. Uh, there's a Minoan margarita, a Bronze Age mm. collapse, and oh, a. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and the plato's theory of atlantis so <laughs> oh, my gosh <laughs> plato's theory of atlantis the very last line of it in its instructions and everything is just uh enjoy while considering the merits of archaeology and i really i have fun i had a lot of fun i could talk about it
1: forever i'm so excited to make these and try these <laughs> Yay. very
3: glad it's really so silly <laughs>
2: Well, of course, you're welcome back anytime to talk about anything that talk about cocktails. Um, we could do cocktails Thank we you. did. I would very much <laughs> love that. It was great having you on the show and so you know, we'll we'll see everyone around. Bye. Thank you so much for
3: having
1: me.